It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. First of all, if you've got, if you're listening to to Pete Blackburn and uh, DJ Bean for musical advice, no, stop that shit right now. They have terrible taste. There's nothing yeah. that you can tell me. You, you know, when they sat there and they were like, oh, um, Megan Trainer, blah, 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 blah. But Ellie Golding, I was like, Ellie Golding is awful. Like, she's probably, she's she has studio magic, but I've heard her live and she's awful. You cannot objectively tell me that she's great. Oh, God. It's like, you just, you guys like pretty and shiny and whatever. They're fucking cats. <laughs> I mean, that are seems we doing accurate. the show right now, or is this just or is this just banter right now? Because that felt like a podcast material that that one there, uh, BA. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't actually started yet. <laughs> I can always throw that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> or I can throw it as a bonus at the end. <laughs> Or I could just not edit this at all and just say and just throw this out there and then people are like, what am I listening to? (laughs) (laughs) I have a question for you. (laughs) You know, I'd like to change it up a little bit. I don't want to challenge people to listen to us. I mean, I'm not a dick. Well, I'm I'm a jerk. I'm, I'm an asshole sometimes. I'm definitely always a bitch, but I am not a dick. That's got to be the front of the episode, actually. (laughs) Tim is just quiet. I I can't wait. Tim's going to mime stuff this whole show. And we're going to have to guess what he's saying. (laughs) I don't have enough battery to be able to play this game, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) So, three, two, one. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Episode Oh shit. I did I it's episode 324. Episode <laughs> I, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's like not this shit again. Um <laughs> <laughs> I you know what? I made it a point to look to make sure I knew what it was. And I'm like, better write it down. And do you think I wrote that fucker down? I did not write that fucker down. I've written down a lot of things. I've drawn some things too, but I didn't write it down. It, it is, it is 324. And we are probably like, what? I think we're like, oh, I can't count anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Here we are. We're recording on Zidane Chara's birthday. It's his 41st birthday, in fact. Yes. 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 I think the appropriate way to celebrate 41 is by digging your own grave and selecting your coffin. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, happy birthday to I mean, that'd be Captain. kind of on brand with the whole goth thing, B.A., so, you know, carry on. <laughs> I mean, we better be getting a birthday Instagram post. That's all I have to say. We did. Oh, we did? I missed it, it then. It involved a picture of the cake that their flight crew on their charter flight made him, or had for him on the plane, rather, which means, yeah. Yeah, I didn't check, but um, I saw it roll through Twitter. I don't know, so I assumed that I assume it wasn't fabricated because it involved a rather lengthy, uh, <laughs> a lengthy Chara esque quotes to go with it. So of course, oh, there we go. 
There it is. Oh, that's a beautiful picture. Happy birthday, Z, with a hockey puck. That, and it's all, got all this NHL stuff on it. Interesting. After an amazing hard-fought game and a well-deserved win last night, I got the surprise birthday cake from our flying crew, Adam, Colleen, Izzy, Alexandra, Leslie, who worked so hard to make sure we have all that we need during our heavy traveling schedule throughout the whole season. Thank you guys for everything you do for us. And he has a whole bunch of emojis here. They're all emojis wearing uh, of people with halos, I believe, or is it flight crew hats? I can't tell. Those are, those are flight crew hats. And... Everybody is a different color. It's beautiful. Also, this picture looks like it was taken like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. The lighting's really funny on the gun. I'm, I'm, I'm playing there. And, oh. It looks like somebody used flash, too. You never use flash when you're taking a picture. It definitely looks like a picture from about the, I want to say, 86 or 87, based on the, based on the lighting and a lot of pictures and photo albums I have. <laughs> That's what happens when you use a flash. <laughs> um, see, Marlo agreed. Of course he does. He agrees with everything. He also said, don't use flash. It makes devil eyes. See, you just don't use flash. There's so many filters that you can do to lighten things up and you can do so many alterations. Why use a flash? You know? So, yeah. So that's what you need to learn. That uh, Zdenochara is extremely thankful and uh, he is appreciative of everyone's efforts. He's 41. And never use a flash when you're taking a picture. God damn it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Jesus. No flash. <laughs> See, Marlo is really, he's just nailing this one. He's right. No Marlo flash. Marlo pretty strongly on this matter. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Um, I tried to get Miss Vegas to come up today, but she did not have any interest in recording today. She she was looking a little sad. We had a good day. Not as good a day as yesterday when she got her cone of shame off. So, and she went off with daddy and got a puppuccino and all sorts of stuff. So. Oh my God. It's uh, real. It. Oh God. She's had, this is her third one. Marla oh, no, loves no. puppuccinos too. <laughs> See? No, 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 no. What, what, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I got distracted here because like yesterday there was an article saying that, wait, we're going to try something stupid, namely put Tavares on the wing. And Islanders just tweeted lines for the game today, for, for their game today. And they're, they're, they're actually going to do that. You know, I'm going to cut Tavares all this certain- out and just make it sound like you were saying, oh my God, it's real to the puppuccino right now. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. That would be very nice. I'll just, just cycle back to the point here. It's like, Okay, I think it's official. Tavares is definitely Tavares has is must be going UFA now. Why on earth would they do that otherwise? To try it out because they suck at doing this hockey thing. Yeah, I mean, by- I, hope, I, do, I hope just just to make drive at home that that they fucked up that he signs with the Rangers. Also, because I don't want him to be a Habs, that would be bad. Of course, they, of course, they would probably just play him at wing, right, and keep going with Joanna as his point C. It's, you know, Habs. Oh. Uh. You know what? I don't want to think about the fate of John Tavares right now. Sorry. I got distracted. My bad. No, that's okay. You know, you just interrupted my cute story about my dog and her daddy. But that's okay. On this hockey podcast about the Bruins. Anyway, yes. So, don't use a flash when taking pictures of people. (laughs) All right. So, uh, we have a few things to talk about this week. And I'm going to figure out where I want to start with this. Uh, so, just trying to start with the general, this was a really weird week of Bruins hockey. 
I think it's a pretty reasonable place to start here because like all three games are odd. Right? Well, yeah. I was they, gonna... they were definitely Stranger Things. Um, yeah, like uh, so. I guess that starts off with on Tuesday that comeback against the Canes. <laughs> all right. Yes. So uh, Tuesday they played the Hurricanes down in Raleigh. And it was a, a really strange game in the respect that it looked like after the Bruins scored their first goal, they were never going to score again because then... Uh, and they, they also gave up a lot of goals in this time as well, right? That's ends what up being... the, I was getting there. <laughs> Poor Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so I'm basically... a little still barking, that's why. I'm just like, ah. Oh. He is really barking a lot. I was going to say, okay, Jeff, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so sharp. I was getting to the point where I was going to say, Bruins didn't look like they were ever going to score again because Carolina ripped off four unanswered goals. And in the same time, also knocked Chara, Krug, and DeBrusque out of the game. That's right. That was not a good game. Well, DeBrusque kind of knocked himself out of the game, didn't he? He He just, something happened and he lost his footing and he went right into the... Uh, I don't want to yeah, say he pulled him a quade. Into the glass and t- oh he McQuaided. oh that's yeah yeah it, it it was no one did anything to him it just he uh, something happened and he went into the, the glass and then he was not right after that he tried to play through it but then it was just like no and he it's an upper body injury we don't know what it is that we just knew that he wasn't going to be in the next few games and then they would figure it out so I we don't know if he'll be in tomorrow night's game either or a uh, against the Blue Jackets, right. And then, I don't even know what happened with uh, Chara and Krug there. Uh, Krug is the only one who managed to survive uh, and be able to play the next game. Although Krug had a rough week after, you know, he got to that spear to the nuts uh, on um, Sunday. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Krug had a rough week in that regard, but no, he made up for it. But yeah. So after all of that and all hopes lost, people are turning off. At this point, people are stopping watching the game. Then the posture knocking happened. A savage <laughs> and relentless posture knocking. <laughs> also, with yeah. particip- also with partic- with participation from Gri- from Grizzlick and uh, Heinen, of course. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to add to this. <laughs> of what we just talked about before, I said, we're recording for reals now. Because when you said the posture knocking, I was just... There are visions that are in my head that I don't think I want to share with everybody else. I would like to just call it... Did I call it? What did I call it? It's it's a pasta trick. It's the whatever. But yeah, and you have to celebrate by throwing your colanders around. Yes. I saw you I saw you broke that one out on on on, on the internet. Um, yeah, I asked and then I did it. Yes, yes. So it's like you gotta take your colanders and throw them around, like woo because how often do you get a chance to do that? I mean the only real reason you should do that is probably because Pasta had a hat trick, you know? But I mean think about it now. Everybody on that line, uh on the line as it's normally constituted, has had at least one hat trick. And this one was without Bergie. This ha- hat trick was without Bergie. Marshy's was too. Oh my God, I forgot about that. He's been gone for so long. <laughs> I keep wanting to pretend that, that uh, Bergie's only been gone for like one game. Like, because that's all my head can tolerate. Like, No, no, he's played one game since we acquired Rick Nash. Oh my God, it's that, fucking that, Rick it. Nash's fault. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Chris has been Rick Roll. Oh no! 
Oh no! <laughs> well, no, what that was is him. Uh, gonna give was it, you what was it? Was it Bergy got hurt <laughs> against the Leafs? Yeah, okay, yeah, because he got hurt against the Leafs, played against Buffalo, and probably shouldn't have. Never and have, we haven't seen him since. No. Fucking Buffalo and the Leafs. No, he's, he's like, no, I'm going to run around and hurt you. Oh, damn it. God damn it. Why? Why? <sighs> okay, I just need to get something off my chest. This morning, I was listening to 98.5 while I was on my way to do like a bunch of reads. And <laughs> I was listening to it. And Hardy, Hardy is a golf guy. But he has not watched the Bruins, not in the way that we've watched the Bruins. So he's talking about how the Bruins sucked earlier in the season. They had no signs of life and all the combinations look bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you are neglecting the fact that they had injuries. Like, Berkey was out, then Krejci was out, then, you know, Krejci came back and then Berkey was out again. It was just like, ah! <laughs> there were games where we dressed where, where, where we dressed all three I think all three at the same time at one point or another of Agostino, Schwartz and O'Gara, like fuck that <laughs> there were so many injuries earlier in the season and we're going through it again and I think that's the thing, it's like before earlier in the season they weren't prepared for all these injuries because everything was very shiny and new, the new guys couldn't do that but now it's a different thing, right? But anyway I forgot. I, I oh god, it, it it's been a confusing mess for like the last few weeks. I never know who's on the ice anymore. But I forgot about Berkey being out that long. Oh my god. But anyway, yes, that game, Carolina. That I I had turned it off. And we we turned it off at intermission because we were like, well, let's catch a little Rachel, and then um, we thought, well. We could keep watching this because after McGinn scored in the third, it was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, that was the fourth unanswered goal. It was the fourth goal. goal, and they gave up a shorty on that one, too, right? Yep, that yeah. was a shorty. And that's that's a very de- – walking away is a very defensible choice. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I mean it's, I'm not going to draw the comparisons here, but the Bruins do have a, a record of, you know, making it worth not walking away when they're down 4-1 in the third. Right. Well, the thing is, is like at that point, I was just like, uh, I just don't think they have it tonight for whatever reason. I don't think they do. And I don't know if I can watch this. And yes, you know what? Maybe I'm a bad fan. Or no, maybe. no. Yeah, I said it's, it's defensible. It's just. Yeah, yikes, right? I. Right. So <laughs> what happened was Andrew, a.k.a. the tallest, and he really is the tallest. He's like 6'10". But anyway, he messaged me on Facebook and said something. I'm like, What? And I was like, okay, we got to go back to the game. So we went right back to the game after, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Grizz had scored and Pasta had scored. And they scored in such quick succession, right? Because between the Grizz, Pasta, and Heinen goal, I think it was like, what, a a minute 17 seconds or something like that? Or a minute 41, something. It was not that much. It was a very short amount of time. It's not, yeah, it's barely more than a minute, yeah. So (laughs) I'm going to look up the exact time, but anyway, I should have written that down. It's like I wrote down a bunch of things, and then... Oh, got it, got it, 10.04, So that's um, a minute 17. (laughs) Okay, I said, well, I said something like that. Yeah. I I can't review the tape, but I was close. (laughs) You were. Uh, But anyway, it was such quick succession between all that, that it was like, Fuck, we're back in the game. So I feel a little bit bad, but I, the re- reality is it was like, okay, I missed like half a period. But came back in enough time to see Pasta complete his hat trick with a power play goal and with empty uh, netter, right? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It still counts. 
it's it still counts. It's, it's it was the final nail in the coffin. It was beautiful. The empty netter. I mean, he had someone right on him, and it was from like mid close to mid ice. So he deserves that empty netter. It was of a pretty course. decent one. He worked for it. Like actually, most empty netters people really work for it. You know, so I don't understand why it's like people have to. Well, yes, it's, 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 yes, there's no goalie, fine, but there's still also six attackers, and they're usually the six best defensive players on the team at that point, right? So you've got you've managed to get the puck out of your zone, and then it goes in. You yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So that was like that was super exciting. Like sometimes it's like it, it's just a blur from week to week to see what these Bruins are doing. Now Thursday night, Thursday night's game was not not good. Now. It was- they yeah, were, they were missing Chara and DeBrusque. Uh, were they missing Krug? Krug was in that game. No, right? no, Krug played. Yeah, yeah, Krug played. Yeah, Krug made it into that game. So it's like Chara and DeBrusque were out. They they called up Bleed and Postma, but neither dressed. Right, right. So they called them up, but they they send them back down basically. And we didn't hear about that until very late, like morning of. Well, they also they called them up and sent them back down again yesterday as well, and we didn't even hear about that at all. No, 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 no. So, so basically, uh, yeah, the Florida game, it was, uh, most notable for the hit that David Backus had, uh, basically completed. Uh, I'm trying to, to not use loaded words here. He, he had hit Vincent Trocek and he got thrown out of the game for that hit. And I don't get why. Like the Cuban officer should say, I should say rather, I do get why it was thrown out. There was some confusion on the ice initially, right? The, the ref originally called it a hit from behind and they amended it later to, you know, account for the fact that it wasn't from behind. Right. But usually when you're getting thrown out of the game, it's because you were intending to injure. And that's really hard to argue on that entire situation. And again, I'm all for getting tossed for, for any kind of he- any kind of contact to the head. Just, you know, get it out but of the game But there was no contact right? to the head, though. No, there was contact to the and shoulder. It, yeah, it was... The, uh, uh, Trocek's shoulder took the brunt of that. His head whipped back, but he did. There was no contact with the head. And I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah, they they tried to say it was a hit from behind. And when you look at the rules, it's up to what the ref wants to do. But it was like he was orthogonal to 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 um. They were gone orthogonal um uh, travel path. It was not from behind. Was it a? Blindish side, yes, but it was not behind. But you know what? Here's the thing. Remember the hit on Charlie McAvoy by oh, yeah. Hornquist, where everybody was like, Hornquist should have been called for that. But you know what the league will say? The, the Department of Player Safety says the onus is on the person getting hit to get their head up, which is dumb. Which, oh, I hate that that's their position. It's like, that's awful. And then, yeah, and that's what makes the back is thing bad is because it was not... It may be the right decision, but in the context of how infrequently that'll get dropped on someone, especially someone with next to no reputation. I don't think that it was right. I I think throwing him out of the game was wrong. If you wanted to put him in the box for two minutes, I would have a hard time with it because, like, what are you going to explain? It wasn't interference. The guy had the puck. It was not a hit from behind. It was certainly not boarding. He did not hit him in the head. I don't know what you would throw him in the box for, but I would much rather that you just take the two minutes and throw him in the box for some made-up reason than to throw him out of the game for no real good reason. There was no reason why he should have done that, and there's no reason to call that that play for where Trocek might have had his head down, but there was no contact with the head. Right. And I, I realize refs see this in real time. It's all very quick. You, you make a judgment based on what you've seen. But the truth is there was no head contact there. 
His head whipped back, but it was because he got hit in the shoulder. He was not hit from behind. There were so many things that made this such a bad call. But I would be happier if you just threw him in the box for two minutes for some bullshit reason. Because at least that's consistent with your inconsistencies. This was so poorly conceived. I don't want to say that throwing Backus out of the game was what made that game very different for the Bruins. I think they were kind of stunned, but he's not... And he's important to the team, but he's... I just feel like maybe with the injuries and losing another player in the game, that was critical mass and they just never recovered from that. But that was such a terrible call. And after having the non-call a few weeks back on Hornquist on Charlie McAvoy, and then you have this, it's another one of those things where it's like, it's hard to be a Bruins fan and not feel like they're just gunning to get your players out of the game. And it's funny too, because... We think that as Bruins fans, and I mean, that hit rightfully so, but fans of other teams look at it as a dirty hit and the Bruins being dirty. And then I saw when he was not going to receive any other discipline, I saw some comments, oh, he's not getting disciplined because it's Boston. Since when does Boston ever get skated on with discipline? How much fucking meth do you have to smoke to ever possibly believe Boston gets a reprieve? No. ever. No. Gosh. I did see what Backus said after the game where he said, basically, this is my game. They're trying to take the physical elements out of the game. That's not the game that I want to play. Or that, he, that... Wanted, he said he wanted the old NHL back. Right. Basically, that was it. And then he got no further suppl- uh, no further discipline, which was right to not give him further discipline for that. After comments like that, it's kind of shocking he didn't, though. It is. Yes, 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 exactly. But I... <sighs> I'm sorry, you know what? I think I buried my feelings on that hit and how I felt about it. And then I just was like, there was nothing wrong with that hit. There wasn't. And And I went to find a video, right? Because I I looked at the rule. Actually, there are like three different rules that you can look at. And I looked at one of them and it's like, it's up to the refs to decide. And I looked at, somebody had put a compilation of hits from behind on YouTube. 95% of them are boarding. This is an open ice hit. This was not boarding at all. So it was, I found one example and the guy truly was hit from behind. It was back when the Buffalo used to wear the Buffalo Slugs jerseys. Guy was actually hit from behind in open ice and the refs didn't even call a penalty on it. They called nothing. Nobody got ejected, no penalty, nothing. And that guy, he got hit from behind. He hit the ice hard and they could have even called him for interference and they didn't even do that. Okay, so it was like nothing happened from that. And it's like, I realize that's a different time period, different refs call things as they they want to and stuff. But that was the only example that I could even see that was kind of closest. And it wasn't even that close because Bacchus didn't hit him from behind. I you know. I, 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 poor David Bacchus. He had a week. He's had a year. Yeah, he probably... It's, uh... <laughs> okay, well, let's just say this about the, uh, the the Florida game. There was just no <laughs> rhyme or reason to it. Oh. Bad, Tim. Bad. As <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it's like... <laughs> Rambers got beef with the, with the Bruins. Yep. And justifiably so. He was, you know, going to be a... He was the starter for a, a pretty competent starter for, you know, one of the most popular inexplicably teams in the league. And that series made them lose faith in him. And uh, eventually, you know, he got to not be there anymore. And his wife got harassed on Twitter and all that bullshit. Oh, that's oh, yeah. fans are brutal and they shouldn't do shit like that. 
Well, it's because it's Twitter. They feel like oh, Twitter pisses me off when it comes to fans because they can they think they can say anything to these athletes. Like these athletes aren't people too, and that their and like their families aren't people too. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, your family should always be off limits. Yep. And uh, and to have to, to go over that, and I'm sure every athlete will tell you, say anything you want about me, but my family's off limits. Families should always be off limits. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to happen just on Twitter. Connor McDavid was out with like his parents out in Edmonton. He got heckled by somebody, and they videotaped it, or not videotaped it. That's that's old school. They they phone they 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 took video on their phone of their heckling Connor McDavid with his family. That was ah, uh, and then media outlets used that footage. Ugh, awful. People are awful. Not you guys, though. You listeners, you're awesome. True fact. But I can occasionally be awful. And I'm trying really hard not to do that. Just because I think uh, it's pretty shitty to be awful like that. But anyway, yes, Reimer had a game. Like, he had his Stanley Cup shutout game (laughs) the other night. Um, uh, Five years too late, but he had the game. He had the game, you know. And that was the first game against Florida this year. Oh, wow. Because the uh, the first game got um, got uh, snowed out. Well, oh. it, it's more like um, the ocean came to take back Causeway Street. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the <laughs> ocean came in, recruited the dumpsters, and the way everything went. Yeah, so it was just like that was messy for a day or two. I think uh, definitely that night. I mean, seriously, it was it was something. But anyway, um, yeah. So that was the first game against. Uh, Florida, which means they're going to play them three more times in the next, what, three weeks? Two weeks? Yep. Three weeks. I think it's like the last game of the year is one of them, and they play Tampa late, too, like in April as well. Like one of the. Well, because we have two or three more games against Tampa, too, right? Two more, I think. Two. Uh, You know what? I will look it up. That's what I was doing, too, yeah. So they have March 29th and then April 3rd. I was right. I said two. Yep. And then Florida's April 5th and April 8th. Yeah, oh my god. Only two more? Yep. It should be. Oh, no, and March 31st. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Holy. Yep, there it is. Yeah. The April 8th one was the rescheduled game from when Causeway went underwater. So it wasn't the original last day of the last game of the year, but it became the last game of the year because they had to reschedule. So, yes, that last weekend they played the Senators and then the Panthers. So joylessness and who knows what. April overall is going to be pr- is pretty tough to end the year. You're at Philly, at Tampa, at Florida, home versus Ottawa, home versus Florida. Mm-hmm. That's a tough ending. It is. I have confidence, though. Okay, now let's get back to that Tampa Bay game. I don't think we have to kill this. Uh, this I don't think we have to beat this Florida game anymore. They beat themselves. Yeah. Um. How? how? Like, like, this team is... is magic well um, you know since i've been watching they've they've done a really good job of matching up and beating tampa bay that's true they have for years to an extent i wonder if it's like are this are they like this team just enough in in stamkos's head going back to 2011 or something maybe i don't know but remember stamkos stamkos missed his second opportunity for the for the olympics because of them Broken leg during a Bruins game. Oh, I Freak know. Oh, that was Freak. awful. I remember that. Freak happenstance, but still, he didn't. He didn't go to. He didn't go to Sochi because of that. Yeah, and it took him a while to recover from that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not saying they'd be scared of the Bruins, but I'm just like there's enough pieces to put together. You can you know you can drop a conspiracy board on uh, on the grounds of the um, uh, the Bruins being inside the Lightning's head. I don't know. Well, I would like to say that for some reason Bruins players know how to play against John Cooper's teams. I I don't I can't explain it. I um and it's a different coach we've got this time. A different coach. In Bruce Cassidy, who has decided that, hey, scoring is really fun. Let's do a lot of it. Well, that's just it. And, and the Bruins have beaten the Lightning now twice with severely defeated, depleted teams, right? Yeah, it's um, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's not beautiful that we're severely depleted. I hate that. But it's beautiful that they're like, we're going to find a way to win. And like this one's probably, so the last time it was, you know, just after that stretch from uh, where, where, where Brad was really bad. We were starting to get healthier, but we were missing like Krejci and Spooner that game, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was when, like, our best six defensemen were sort of settling into place and we were sort of figuring out, it's like, okay, this grizzly kid's all right. This time we're worse off. Easy. Frig. Top pairing, defend, full, your entire top, top defensive pair and your be- and the best defensive forward on the planet. Plus DeBrusque, and then we lost uh, Bacchus in the first period. Oh, so. God. Well, he scored... Luckily, he, he scored his goal after Positive scored his 28th of the year. Bacchus scored his power play goal. Yes. Before he got injured. And oh my God, was anybody else out there just like shitting a brick? Oh yeah, my, uh, uh, that was just like my like heart, everything inside me just dropped. The way that he got off that ice so quickly and ran down the tunnel with Del Negro and whoever else was helping him. I was so scared because so many things can go wrong. And you know, there is a history of, Thigh cuts from a skate going that wrong. Was it uh, Zach Redmond when he was still a prospect for the Jets? Mm. Had one cut during a practice some years ago. And it was like a full year before he skated again because it actually cut his femoral artery. Oh, mm. yeah. That's that's what I thought of immediately is the femoral arteries. When that happens, that can result in death. You know, you've in, gotta... in minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to really get on that quickly um, to stop the bleeding and make sure that everything's going to be okay there. But in any case, this was apparently fixable on site without going to, to, to a hospital for stitches. Um, 18 of them, apparently. So it just like, looks like a baseball now. Well, I'm glad that he got the, you know, it was nice to see the tweet uh, from the Boston Bruins and hear it over the broadcast that he, he got the stitches. He wasn't returning to the game. He was resting. I was like, these are all good things because so he many bad things jo- could happen. He apparently made some jokes after the game about, you know, eventually maybe I'll get to play a second period again. <laughs> <laughs> and so his sense of humor is not injured. <laughs> I mean, that's good because, like, he's had quite, like, a year just in general. And he's had to kind of, he's had to face a lot of adversity this year. Um, kind of more than a player generally has to um, in terms of injuries and things like that. So. Um, it's nice to see that he's in good spirits about it and that it wasn't too serious when it could have been. I, I can see his criticisms, especially for the results of the hit from the other night, you know, where he got all that discipline and stuff and luckily nothing supplemental. And, you know, he got his first suspension this year and how many years of being in the league. And then that is the insult on top of all of the injury <laughs> yeah, this year, you know, so it's like, give this guy a break. Let him play. <laughs> he's yeah, not he's always like, awesome. Like, this is Louis, the first year in Boston level, like karmic apocalypse. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And he keeps, ta- you know what? He keeps taking a licking and he keeps on ticking, you know? Well, that's, that's the other thing. He's actually having like, despite everything that's happened, he's having a good year. 
that's that's the other thing. I think he has I'm pulling up his stats now, but yeah, twelve goals and sixteen assists in fifty games on the third line right now. I mean I, you you take that. Especially with his veteran presence there. Well it's exactly sure you probably want more points for six million, but I mean the, the they knew what they signed him for and I think they're getting that when he's able to be on the ice. I think so too. And I think I think he was signed a lot of what he was signed for was his presence there. I think just that locker room presence that he has, I think the Bruins were trying to change that up a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was brought on and they're getting that from him. Yeah, they want somebody who's also going to be tough out there. He's going to be more in the mode of a power forward. You'd like him to score more, of course, but you know. Given other players that cost that much money that year, that particular offseason, other other wings, I'm still comfortable with what the Bruins managed there. You know what? Louis Erickson's been a disaster for, for Vancouver. Um, uh, Andrew Ladd's been uh, underperforming in, in, for, for the Islanders. I mean, after that awful, awful start last year, he got better, but he's still nothing, not worth the money he's being paid. <laughs> I can't see what people see in Andrew Ladd, but okay, yep. Yeah, he's, okay, he's been not as good as Ocposo, but, you know, like, I don't know. I still don't trust Doc Poso. I don't trust former Tavares wingers. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm glad that you're you're coming around. Yeah, we we we've, uh, in the context of the other deal signed that offseason, I think we did okay. Okay, good, good. Can I just tell you something that I, I noticed last night? Did you know? I I need to wait a minute. Just give me just give me one second. I want to confirm. Do you, okay, so do you know uh, the the row R O W for uh, Tampa Bay and in, in Boston right now? They're tied. They're tied, and and what's what's the number on those? Uh, TSN's a slow website, and Firefox does weird things to me where it decides it no longer remembers the Jeff, page while I'm when Jeff. I have, I'm working on it. No, it's Jeff. forty-two. <laughs> I didn't even look it up, and it's forty-two. <laughs> Why would I bring it up <laughs> in the context of David Backus? It is. It is indeed forty-two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've already discussed this, what it actually means, and it made me sad. So I like to just bring up 42 in different contexts now. Fair enough. Like the (laughs) ROW, the Tide ROW of Tampa Bay and Boston. This is a beautiful thing. It really is, and the Bruins are two points behind them with a game in hand. Right! That one game in hand, if they win it and and Tampa Bay loses their next game or doesn't even play, would give them more. ROW, but then it won't be 42, so it won't be as fun. But yeah, regardless, and that's and that's a big thing, right? This this is game yesterday was was absolutely absolutely huge because well, we could take first in the division now, and that's not likely to carry with it the the curse of President's Trophy because it's looking increasingly like the like the Preds are going to have have a grip on that one. And my boyfriend, and I'm okay with that. Let the let the Preds carry the curse. Don't touch yeah. it, Roman. Don't touch it. Um, it's not the president's trophy that's the curse. What the touchings that specifically curse? That's that's the don't that's touch a, any trophy. So the yeah. Stanley Cup, Roman. <laughs> but, yeah, it so, just reminds me of that episode of Scrubs where they're going through s- sexual harassment training, and um, and then Doctor Kelso has to go up to the Todd and he goes, "No, we can look, but we can't touch." Oh my God. <laughs> See what. Just, <laughs> there's that but it always reminds me i always go back to arrested development no touching <laughs> <laughs> guys I anyway gotta... yeah, sorry so so and and that being just 
two points with a uh, with a game in hand behind Tampa for a top in the division. That's big. It is absolutely is having the division division lead without having the burden of being the President's Trophy winner. It's because that's uh, yeah, we're, we're Boston is in for no matter how you slice it. Well, not necessarily. So right now, if we stay second in the division, we're in for two really tough first first two opening rounds are going to be rough right against Toronto and then Tampa. But getting winning the division is very big because it means we face probably New Jersey or Columbus. And as New Jersey games this year, Bruins New Jersey games have been like exciting and weird this year. So that would be a, a funky series, right? True. But uh, on top of that, that way Tampa and, and Toronto take each other on in the first round, which means the Bruins get a softer opening round, a little more time for everyone to get healthy before having to face the winner. With just second in the division, we're stuck with Toronto in the first round, and then presumably Tampa in the second, and that's a that's that's a meat grinder. And plus, getting first means you have home ice advantage at least all the way through the East, which is which I think is which I think is a big deal. I it can, I mean I think the Bruins the Bruins have played very well at home, and we've seen kind of recently the atmosphere um, at home games. Even just watching on TV, it seems almost like they're getting into that uh, playoff atmosphere at home games already right now. Yeah, if only they weren't singing Bon Jovi in the process. Yeah. That, plus, that won't work if we end up like playing. If we end up playing against New Jersey in the playoffs, that just like feeds into their power, right? Yeah, we. They need to find a new song if if they end up playing New Jersey. Yeah, but like right now, also here's the thing about with the Bruins score right now is is uh, especially if they end up first in the East. Unless they were based on just based on points snapshot right now with 98 points, the only team in the West that would have home ice advantage over us in a in a final would be Nashville. Ooh, so that's but also good. Be, yeah, so basically, right now, if you if, if 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 Boston were to win win the East, they would conceivably probably have would have home ice advantage as far as they went in the playoffs. End sentence. Interesting. That's a big deal, right? Because you know Tampa and Toronto particularly, and then whoever comes out of the Metro, those are a lot of tough matchup teams. So having the, and so having last dice, last change is a big deal. It, it's good too, when it comes to this, um, especially coming toward at the end of the year, when it comes to kind of what, where they're going to be seated and things like that, they really hold their own destiny in their own hands. They play Tim a couple more times. I mean, that those two games can be end up being a big deal and be the difference between, you know, being in first or being in second. So they really, rather than praying for a teams to lose, all they have to do is just continue to win. Yep, and, you know, apart from, well, I mean, it's a mixed bag in terms of the difficulty of the remaining season too, right? Okay, so we play Florida and Florida three times, so they're surging, but by the end, the last couple of games are so late, they might be done anyway at that point, depending on what the teams ahead of them do. And Tampa, okay, actually, we do play a bunch of hard games because, like, Philly's playing well now, and Winnipeg and Minnesota are both playing well right now, and Dallas, I don't want to talk about Dallas. That's the thing, though. If the Bruins survive the end of this season with all the tough games remaining and they end up winning, uh, get, winning the division and getting first place, you have to really like their chances in the playoffs because not only will they be have the number one seed there. They'll be battle tested, and they'll not only be battle tested. They'll be battle tested with being a less a less than full team. Well, that's so, the thing right now about this team is this team is absolutely fucking magic. They are this good. 
and are doing it on at times where they're not supposed to, where they clearly shouldn't be able to, making big comebacks with like horribly down people, shutting out the best team, one of the best, shutting out Tampa Bay. I still with the, still with you know four major contributors, yeah, four, three, three major, nope, one, two, four, four major contributors off the ice. Like, this is, like, like really, like, even as we've been good, I've been leery, but, like, after the last two, three weeks, I'm just like, no, this, this team is, this team is special. And the other thing that makes this team so good, it's a new player leading you to victory every game. It's not just, yeah, you have Brad scoring a bunch of game-winning goals and things like that, you have new players stepping up and contributing to big victories every single game. So well, it's not like just like the same people. Well, like yesterday, Krug's like, okay, guys, so I guess I'm a, I'm a number one D now. Well, guess what? I'm going to be a number one motherfucking D. Three assists. Boom. Um, <laughs> so, which puts him at, you know, he's, he's now beat his best year single season scoring record in only 66 games. This, this team, I'm amazed at how well they're playing. This fucking team, man. I'm all in. I confidently believe that this is a cup team now. And the other thing about this team is we we have a lot of young guys contributing, but we don't have all of our best prospects or best young guys contributing. We have guys still coming up in Providence and who aren't in Providence yet to kind of make an impact. So like this has the makings of being a good, very good team for a very long time. Exactly. The, the, all the ingredients are here for a mini, for maybe not a dynasty, but like you know, a couple of year good run com- being competitive. Assuming you know, um, uh, uh, Sweeney continues to demonstrate, you know, seems to know pretty well when to cut bait on uh, on failed experiments and so forth. Right? Like all the parts are there. So like this is fucking something else. Like like Don Goddamn Sweeney, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's really hard to rebuild on the fly. And Sweeney's pulled it off. When he took over as GM, this team was in severe cap hell. And he basically fixed it in like a year's worth of time. And now here we are. Well, it, it was a couple of years worth of time. A couple of and he made his own cap-related mistakes along the way, right? You know, um, uh, Blesky, Hayes, He did, so but forth. he fixed a lot of the bad that... Oof, Quicker than expected. Well, quicker than I expected, anyway. Well, that's the thing. Like he took a team that was that was doomed, right? A bunch of guys at, at or above thirty, trending down from years of success. A lot of big contracts and a shit, a piss poor prospect pool when he took over. Now this team is exactly none of those things, except for a lot of heavy contributors who are at or who are close to at or above thirty. But you know, he recognized that's like we need to make this team work within two, three years, and then he did. Like that's fucking big. Well, yeah, because he, that's, that's 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 not like saying we're going to do a dead, down to the studs rebuild. It takes however long it does, which you know, clearly we've seen examples in the league. It can happen. It can happen super fast in Toronto, or it can be a disaster everywhere else. Forcing yourself into a fixed timeline to come out the other side of a rebuild, which is exactly what Sweeney had to do because of Bergeron's age, because of Rask's age, because Krejci, because Marchand, etc. Right? Because fucking Chara, and he did it. Right. Right. He rejected the idea of a complete rebuild and and figured out who the important people were to keep and who was important to bring up. That's what it was. But uh, but yeah, but it's 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 kind of remarkable, really. I don't know of too many cases of a, a snap around quite like this. Remember, this team went from cup finalist, prisoner's trophy winner, playoff miss, playoff miss, lower seed, and now this. Like fucking, that's. I mean that's a freaking uh, that's a freaking neck snapper there for starters, right? That's a- it's a complete turnaround. This team went from 
doing a complete 180 from being awesome to being bad, but then they did another 180, so it's been a 360 from going good to now being good again. Like, this team is... Oh, this team. <laughs> and they're <laughs> fun. I, oh, I know. That's the thing. This is just a... They're visibly having fun out there. Like, all of them. Yeah, that, I, I, I think that's the main thing for me, is you can tell they're having fun on the ice. You can tell that each player... The chemistry this team has is phenomenal. You can tell they're they're not just playing for themselves; they're playing for one another out there, and uh, you can tell that. You can totally tell that. And like just different things, like uh, VA brought up the photo a couple times the last couple uh, podcasts about the family that had a picture of everyone out together. And I mean, that's that's kind of how they are. That's kind of how they act. They. They they've bought in completely to one another. Right. Well, you know what? I think they're hungry and they want it now. Well, I think that's exactly it. They got sick of being written off. They 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 got they got they got sick of working through so much adversity, be it injury, be it cap hell, being at Claude very evidently being far staler than anyone had any right to believe. It's I still kinda think that when they fired him was shitty. They should have fired him sooner. On the other hand, they let him stick around long enough to be the Bruins' winningest coach. They did. They did. And I think part of that, and I think some of that might have been premeditated. But like this, but also I thought about it in retrospect. The writing on the wall. Thing. Remember, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like to gift team bought Claude for that that game. Yeah. Was so shitty. Like this was the one the players bought for him. <laughs> and I thought about that a lot in the last year. It's like you know what. Like maybe Claude had lost the room in a seriously big way, and it had just been allowed to go on ad infinitum because he was Claude. Well, you know, uh, watches are usually looked at as retirement gifts because it's kind of the idea is uh, look at all the time you're going to have on your hands. Well, like the players bought him like like a trip to Disney or something, though, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He got a watch. Or like, or like, or or, or, or I part of me wants to say it was something golf related, but I really hope not because that's just awful. No, it might have been the the trip to Disney. Remember, he has kids that are pretty yeah, I young. Know, but like it's, just, but like for the players, most of whom were make, made more than Claude was at the time. It's still a pretty mediocre gift, and I think it sends, in retrospect, a strong signal. In my opinion. Uh, well, I don't know. I also think that uh, hockey players are not always the most creative gift givers. But look, Bachara is obviously so considerate and so, so so thoughtful and individual. You'd think they would do better if Chara said we should do better. And I feel like Chara has at least the capacity to recognize that they should have done better unless he specifically chose not to, which again is sort of my thesis here. You know what? Whatever. (laughs) I mean, ultimately the biggest thing, the biggest Cassidy Claude change is the fact that Cassidy actually trusts Sudobin and gets results out of his backup goaltender. And I think that is the entire real difference between this team and some in the past. It's one of the biggest ones is that, you know, Rask is on pace to start fewer than 55 games this year. Yeah. Which is outstanding. But I, I do want to um, just add to the uh, whole uh, Tuca versus Anton debate. Oh, Hags said something stupid again yesterday. Well, I, I didn't look. I'm just going to say that uh, if you were counting on on, uh, on Hudobin to be your uh, your your starter, the, the, he did not give you a lot of good looks on, on Thursday either. No. Yeah. So just to, just to say that, yes, all goaltenders are capable of having shitty games, especially when the team in front of them plays shitty. Because I like to think it's a whole team problem, not necessarily a goaltender. Oh, exactly. Well, and that's just it. And that's a big part of why ultimately, even though we've been winning, we've been generally giving up a lot of goals lately. It's not because Rask is slowing down so much. Is that um, these high goal these high goal against games are all post Bergeron and McAvoy, and now post, and now Ochara too, right? So yeah. 
and I'm sure I was going with that, but I think any anyway, oh now I know I was going with that yesterday. So anyway, what what in one of his period recaps from, from Hags yesterday, oh boy. he said something amazingly amazingly stupid. Basically it's like Hags? oh it's a, no. Oh and, uh, Tag saying something stupid in, in on on the matter of Tuka Rask. Gasp, I know. Oh god. He basically saying it's like, yeah, he's not he's not facing a lot of high quality chances. I'm like, really? He's not facing a lot of high quality chances against Kucherov and Stamkos. And he's also the first goaltender of any kind to shut out the lightning this year. What? <laughs> not not about the information you gave me. Just about what Hag said. Hags basically was saying he wasn't facing a lot of high danger, high quality shots, and therefore doesn't deserve as much praise as you might otherwise give a goaltender for well, shutting out the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, didn't <laughs> now in not in Hags' defense, but in Kucherov's defense, he didn't get like his first shot on goal until the third period. Oh, I know, but my, the point I'm just making here is that Rask did play very well yesterday. That is a team where a goalie needs to be on point, otherwise all everything comes apart. Well, you know, I think that, I'll be honest with you, I think that when Tuca really needs to show up, he does, okay? Now, when you have a back-to-back situation like you did last weekend, and actually it was, it was the Battle of the Antons, so that doesn't even matter, but where did Tuca show up? Did he show up in last, game, uh, last week's game against the Blackhawks, who can, even though they suck this year, they still can be tricky yes yes he so, did yes does he show up against the penguins fuck yeah he yes. does yes okay does he show up against toronto well it was harder the games they played against toronto have to be weighed a little bit differently earlier in the season when you had half the team missing well and and and, and then we lost Bergie in game in the most recent game too right again remember like there's only one game against toronto that was you know both teams at full strength and boston ran them over fucking rough shot right right so, <laughs> my, my point is is that tuca is on He's absolutely on when he needs to be on. Are there games where he's not on? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. That happens to anybody. But this, this notion that you can just put Hudobin in for 55 games this season uh, and have him get the same exact results as Tuca. No, he has the same results as or similar results to Tuca, but in, in less games. Fewer games, right? So yeah, they have um, almost indistinguishable save percentages. Uh, Tuka's nine point point nine one nine, Hudobin's point nine one seven. Right. So so basically, I bet you if you reverse their game loads, that wouldn't be the same. No, if you reverse the game loads, Hudobin would would not look. And Rask I honestly don't be... know that Rask would look as good either, though. I feel like well, yeah, being a bad Rask has to have a certain player. amount of games played to like get it all. Uh, does he though? Though I mean, like one of his best seasons was eleven twelve as one B to Thomas. Like he started a lot of games that year, but it was still quite a few less than Thomas did. But oh gosh, that just reminds me of how spoiled we were to have that as a as a goalie platoon for three years. Like that's unfucking fair. So uh, you know, look, <laughs> I think that. Hags is going to have to like figure out what his deal with with, with Tuka Rask is. What, what, what? Why does 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 Hags just not want to say he was wrong, or does he actually have something out for for Rask? I'm leaning towards the latter at this point. Well, he's he supposedly he says that he doesn't have anything out for Rask, but everything points to the opposite for that. Like you know, Ty Anderson said, "Look, he, um, I'm not even sure Tuka knows me by my name, but we he's had some heated words towards me. Whatever." Uh, you know, it's a look. Tuca can turn it on when he really needs to. 
and we're going to need that. And I hope he keeps turning it on. I'm so sick of the negative coverage of him. And yes, I get it. He still needs to prove himself in certain aspects. And I hope that he does it this year so everybody can shut the fuck up. Yes, agreed. Indeed. <laughs> okay? For the love of God, Tuca, just shut up all the people. And one thing I, mean, I will say, too, that run in 2013 when they lost to the Blackhawks in the final, they don't get to the final without Tuca. No, Tuca stood on his head so many times. Do you, uh, Tuca won, uh, you know, uh, he kept, who was it? Malkin, Crosby, whoever the fuck was on that team from scoring in that one game. Say, Adam McQueen that, that, scored that, that, the game-winning goal. <laughs> Okay, well, I know fuck, that. Fuck, that's I mean, not... like, like, Rask, Rask held the freaking Penguins to what was it like two goal, three goals that entire series less. Like it was just such a, it was the most colossal, embarrassing sweep you could possibly imagine seeing a team go through in the conference finals that year. Okay, okay, yeah, in the okay, I'm glad you said it in the conference finals because I was like, man, that Fred's Blackhawks series last year was delicious, but it was not conference finals. It was first yeah, round. But like for, for a conference final, it's like the Pens just got absolutely owned, right? I mean, this, this yep. rest was just like, nah, you guys can go fuck yourself. And that was big because, of course, that was you know the year that the Pens went all in at the uh, deadline. They, they acquired uh, again the again the Joe Morrow, Joe Morrow. Joe can, uh, Enough, Joe. Well, Joe Morrow was involved in that trade. Brendan Morrow. Joe Morrow went the other direction. That's how Joe Morrow ended up in Dallas for us to acquire him in that trade. Um, <laughs> Where is he now? Is he in Calgary? Uh, Winnipeg, you think? Oh God! I don't Wait, know. he's not in Montreal something. anymore. No, no, he got no. He Montreal, got the deadline Montreal sent him to Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh wow. I have absolutely no idea if he's played any games for them at all. Uh, I don't think so. He's in their equivalent of the ninth floor. Anyway. <laughs> he's 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 speed. So now he's feeding Chevel Day off the nachos as opposed to um, uh, um, Sweeney or, you know, Bergevin, depending on where he's been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Their equivalent of the ninth floor, I just picture being like this old fighter jet hanging over the ice <laughs> in the air, just watching because, the game from the jet. <laughs> because it's Manitoba, I just picture the ninth floor being like a really cold um, ice fishing hut in La Ronge. Um, with, with terrible Wi-Fi. Which... <laughs> nice hunt, fishing hunt in Laurence does not have Wi-Fi, <laughs> unless you unless you've like wired a fish or something. Um, I don't know. Hey, you've heard about that on Puck Soup, right? About how like they they talk to players and players yes, yes. hate playing in in Winnipeg because the Wi-Fi sucks throughout Winnipeg. <laughs> oh, 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 we have the verdict. Joe Morrow has played eight games for the Jets. Oh my God! And, had two, and had two assists in eight games, which has to be his best. Uh, Scoring trend in the NHL by a very long shot ever. Wow, he played eight more games than I thought he had. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely didn't think he'd played at all. I, you know, thought he was just up in the up in the ninth floor there, being Joe Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> it, involves, it, mostly, it mostly involves nachos, I think. Uh, I just remember the time that I took a picture of him and I put a sash on him and said seventh at best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big into sashes. <laughs> seventh at best is not even like no, he's like eighth at best on mobile. I, I but <laughs> <laughs> there was a time where he was seventh at best. It was a long time ago. That was before we. Oh yeah, that was that year that we thought Zach Trotman might become a thing, right? Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, he didn't. 
I, I mean, pictured that- Joe Morrow having a punch card for every NHL concession stand. So, like, you know, once he gets 10 things of nachos, he gets one free at every single stadium. Oh, no, the in, ladies in wearing that punch card, but get, you get free guac at the end. You wouldn't get free nachos. Just- <laughs> <laughs> that would be too expensive. <laughs> I mean, any of them, any of them that's run, any of them that are run by Delaware North, definitely best case free guac at the end of 10 nachos. Um, yeah, it's more likely you're just going to get sour cream. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sour cream with green food dye. This isn't guac. <laughs> We've managed to stay on the topic of the Bruins, but we're a sail somewhere. I'm going to bring us back to shore a little bit, I think. Not even, I have no idea where you're going with this right now, so please proceed. <laughs> um, I want to talk about some Bruins past and present and future. <gasps> past, present, and future. It's almost like we have ghosts hanging around. Woo! Probably not. <laughs> Let's talk about Bruins past. I, I just finished re- reading a book on uh, uh, tales from the Bruins locker room. It really wasn't that, but I learned some things about how brutal, fucking brutal Eddie Shore was. And I also learned that Ray Bork used to change his gloves like four times a game. It was pretty interesting, but they're not the Bruins I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about Andrew Ferenc. You know, ah, yes, yes. Uh, how I've uh, my heart is broken because he won't be on Nesson uh, unless they have him come on and just talk about the things that he's working on with the NHL. Uh, it could happen. He's more likely to go on to blah. Anyway, he might go on there. Who knows? But he he got a job this week with the NHL. And yeah, it's, basically he's the general manager of being Andrew Ference, huh? Or director of being Andrew Ference. I was just going to say that. He's the director <laughs> of being Andrew Ference. He's the director of social impact, growth, and fan development. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier just to say Andrew Ference. I'm a senior, senior director of Andrew Ferencing. Right. Yes, yeah. Right, right, right. I thought that they might have him do more with NHL Green, which is kind of an initiative that he kind of... At least. Spearheaded. Yeah, yeah. But um, they decided to have him be all Andrew Ferencz oh, well, with well, people. This lets him do a lot more things this way, right? So, do a lot a lot more Andrew Ferencing this way. One, it's an excuse for him to do uh, to indulge in his love of travel. He's going to travel all over the place. He's already gone to India in the last year to to see how hockey is being played there. So that was pretty interesting. We know that he's like climb mountains and. He bikes everywhere, and he does, like, uh, the November Project everywhere and whatever. So, yeah, he's a sociable guy. He's a likable guy. He's going to do things uh, for the NHL in that respect and try to grow the game, which is cool. I don't think the NHL could have picked a better ambassador. Well, they, based on the title, again, they obviously wrote the title with the mental mind. of like They looked at him and like, this is a guy we have no choice but to give a job to. How do we give him a job? What job do we make him do? But he does report to someone whose position is... Uh, let me see if I can call it up again. The person he reports to is the NHL Executive Vice President of Social Impact Growth Initiatives and Legislative Affairs. So it's not like they completely made up a job for him, unless they just totally completely made up a new department in the last couple of weeks. That's possible. <laughs> Given sometimes what the NHL does, they could have just like come up with a whole new department. Meanwhile, we're, we're talking right now about the NHL doing something not just right, but incredibly right. Is this is this the upside down? I think it is. Uh, yeah, it, it could very well be. 
let's just celebrate the fact that he's got a job and he's doing that stuff that he's gonna help to make the game better i hope right yeah absolutely all right let's talk about present bruins we're gonna talk about patrice bergeron and his injury I know, dislike, yeah. do not like. Yeah, that, that update on, uh, what was that, Wednesday? Wasn't the, the rosiest sounding. Like, it, it wasn't openly negative, but it was it lacked any positivity. Without, yeah. it, it basically, it basically, it said there's been no progress without saying that. Right, there, there's been no real pro- progress. Uh, it's been two weeks now. Uh, you know, they said they'd reevaluate him in two weeks. And, or, I mean, at the time when he had the injury. So two weeks has happened, there's been no real progress. And all they said was he'll be reevaluated, reevaluated in a week with no actual assessment of his amount of progress one way or the other. So basically, we're, we're looking at a time frame of his returning by the playoffs. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think for a minute that we'll, be say, that we'll be seeing him come back for St. Louis. I would, you know, if the team keeps doing well right now, I would keep him out as long as you need to. I mean, the same rule applies to everyone that's out, right? But, uh. Which, incidentally, we still don't know what to expect for Chara and DeBrusque tomorrow against Columbus. But anyway. Right, right. If you ask me, I think that DeBrusque might have a concussion. So who knows? And I don't know what even happened to Chara, to be honest. Yeah, he. he I think it's an LBI because he sort of like fell weird or something. Like I remember at the time people were concerned about it being knee, something knee-ish, but uh, it sounds not that severe. And remember that that year that he did have the knee injury, it took a while for him to really come back. Um, yep. And yeah, it's it just it's it was... the nature of knee injuries. It's not a commentary on him. So who knows what's going on with that? I hope that Char is back soon. And there's been no talk of McAvoy's timelines right now either. I don't remember. No. What, I don't remember what the case was at the time of his injury, though. Do you? They said four weeks. Yeah. Um. I, I think they said like uh, four weeks, four to six. Yeah, weeks, it maybe? was a. It was like a sprain. It was a sprain in the knee, and then I remember him talking about it, and he said that his hope was to get into a few games at the end of the year in April, so that way he could ha- have a few games to kind of get his game back on track right before the playoffs. However, he also said he didn't want to push it because he's never had a knee injury before, and it's something that you don't want to linger. I I would much rather just kind of plop him right into the playoffs and see how he is there. Uh, I know well, that again, sounds kind of dumb. It all depends on where his recovery is, though, right? Like maybe there's no re- maybe there's no reason to hold him that long. We'll see when the time comes. We got another two weeks to that, two and a half, three, a bunch. Right. I I don't. I just don't expect him. I don't expect him to be back. If he does come back, it's probably like the the final couple of games before the end of the season, the end of the regular season. But I, I just I, I don't think he'll be back before then. And, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's because we have so many games, it's almost impossible to really project. But we'll see where it goes. Right. Yeah, so I think that's covered all the present people. Um, they're a future. Well, he's, he, he, actually, you know, he's, he's a Bruin now. Yes. Well, Fred, Frederick. But, but, but he's a Bruin now, but he's not going to be on the Bruins roster right now. So I'm going to say he's a future Bruin. Okay. I'm just imagining <laughs> how agitated you look right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trent Frederick signed his ELC this week. <laughs> Did you hear that? He actually wants me to be agitated. That's not what all I said. <laughs> that is not even kind of what I said. <laughs> that bears, that kid carries almost no even vague similarities to what I said. <laughs> I can only imagine how agitated you look right now. Is 
is guy speak for her. I got her all riled up. Woohoo! No, that was more, I heard how you just spoke to me, and I'm like, oh, I went too far. <laughs> That's why you need a camera, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Yes, future Bruins. That's where I'm going with this. Continue. Yep. So, of course, some um, uh, camera news had signed before our last recording, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, this week, I want to say Thursday? Yeah, uh, it was like yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. Yes. Wednesday or Thursday, we um, uh, um Trent Frederick signs ELC. Much like Cameron Hughes, it's deferred until next fall. So he's in Providence on an ATO. Mm-hmm. Both of them had their first points today. Oh, my. Yeah. Assists in both cases, I think, but they were trying to figure out if uh, if, if, if um, uh, Fredericks was the, was actually the goal, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Hughes has played a couple games already, um, skating with, like, um, uh, Sinitian. But uh, Frederick's first game uh, was this afternoon. He's wearing Please. number seven in, in Providence. Who? Frederick? Yeah. Wow. That was most recently worn by uh, Sean Corrali when he was in Providence. That number, of course, is very, very retired on this on the big team. But Ooh, we may get another yeah. 17 when he eventually makes the big club. He's seven, just add the one, and carry the torch for 17. Well, I'm sure yeah. he had some kind of number when he was at rookie camp. Wasn't he at, like, rookie camp, development camp? And the rookie camp numbers don't really mean much of anything, though. I don't, I don't even no, I just know I saw that Mark Diver tweeted that he was wearing number seven, most recently worn by Corelli in Providence. Trent Frederick signed. Pants, pants trends for everyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not apologizing for that. <laughs> I'm not making you. I'm just, you know, with this and then your comment about Poster knocking. I yeah, don't that's know why I'm so... I meant, I, I, I meant, I, I meant like scoring a bunch of goals. Seems like a poster knock thing to do. Ergo, poster knock. You're the one with the dirty mind, VA. <laughs> basically... And, me, and it wasn't me that pointed out that the, that the Kane logo looks like a butthole. That was... Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I really did point that I out. I have that's a bunch fair. of audio that, that basically kind of confirms what I'm thinking in my head. And it wasn't me. It was... Jeff, you helped along. I've got that audio. Well, I after you re- already made that interpretation, I just grabbed it and ran with it because it was funny. But <laughs> my initial intent had no nothing even kind of filthy, and then you made it so. Good work, B.A. Damn, does she look angry? <laughs> oh. She looks disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm figuring out how we have to knock you down a few pegs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. (laughs) Oh, now he puts his camera on. Just for a little bit. (laughs) Now he's trying to curry sympathy by showing us his cat. It's his cat. We're not saying it's she looks so else. well behaved, just yeah. sitting there like, "Hello." Yeah, she's just caused a little bit of ruckus, but she's been pretty, she's been pretty good at the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was I going to say? I'm just sitting here, and I'm just like, "I'm going to get you, and I'm going to get you really good." <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I haven't quite figured it out today. Oh, but I'm storing it up. Uh oh. <laughs> Good news, everyone. It's not good news. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, uh, we have to move on. Do we want to talk about the schedule that's coming up this week? Uh, yeah. So, well, the, the death march continues, starting with uh, Columbus at Boston at 7 p.m. Uh, 
tomorrow night. That would be February 19th. Columbus March appears 19th? To have, yeah, whatever fucking month this is. I don't know. I can't keep track. Um, <laughs> and followed by uh, at St. Louis on the 21st, 8 p.m. Oh, good God, that's going to be an NBC rivalry game, isn't it? <laughs> yep, St. Louis. Well, remember that it time be- that uh, Bobby Orr sailed through the air after sca- scoring the game-winning and cup-winning goal against St. Louis? A St. Louis that was only in the cup final because for some reason the first couple of years after expansion they made one div- one div- one uh, conference all expansion teams. I- <laughs> <laughs> Hockey is not the only one trying to force the Boston St. Louis rivalry though. Baseball tries to do it too, just because the Red Sox beat the uh, the Cardinals in the World Series in '04 and in '13. But that's more valid right now than this other one. That's true. I'm assuming that's what they're going for. There was a few years there where Boston and St. Louis seemed to be mirrors of one another. And now Bacchus is uh, Bruin. Okay, that must be the reason. It's mostly yeah, it's got to be Bacchus. But who knows if Bacchus will actually be able to play that game. Well, last year, Sidney's got 18 stitches on his thigh. He probably has to hold back a couple games at risk of reopening that, huh? Yeah, I don't want yeah. him to oh, reopen that, so take the time that you need there, David. Don't okay. duct tape it and get back on the ice. <laughs> yeah, duct tape and super glue don't fix everything. I think that's exactly <laughs> it. Yes. So, okay, uh, God, I I hate, I hate NBC, SN. I just... Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> no. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tuka. <laughs> she can't hear you. I got hit. Oh, maybe she can. <laughs> oh my gosh! Carry on. <laughs> well, uh, you you were telling us the schedule. There's got to be one more game, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Is, oh, it's Dallas on Friday at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, go fuck yourselves with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Any stick you want. It can be a hockey stick. It can be the Taves curve. I don't give a shit. I'm ugh. I fucking hate the stars and the mild and all that shit. Oh, they play the mild on Sunday the twenty fifth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Like, like, like St. Louis, followed by Dallas, followed by Minnesota, followed by Winnipeg. That has to be the most whole, most overwhelmingly bland Midwestern road trip imaginable. Oh, my God. And the Wi-Fi is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> at least the Winnipeg game's at 8 o'clock somehow. Well, I, because they're only two hours difference from us. Yeah, yeah Winnipeg's only, um, is, is only central somehow. Oh, oh, well, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's not two hours. It's one. I forgot about that. I guess I assumed they were uh, going by West Coast time out in Winnipeg. You're kidding. You're kidding. Easter, frig man, Eastern time goes all the way to Thunder Friggin' Bay somehow. Yes, it does. Oh, wow. It makes no sense because basically your timeline, sunrise, sunset, don't make any fucking sense out there because you're entirely too far west to be in that in that time zone. That That's that's correct. And that means that Patrick Sharp and all the stalls grew up on Eastern Standard and Daylight Time. Because it's less than an, it's like a forty-five minute drive west of uh, of Thunder Bay was when the was when the time zone hits. Oh my god! I mean, and I, then it rather quickly moves, and then it rather quickly moves east when it gets south of the U.S. Basically, stays that far enough for like Duluth, and then jar- darts over in parts of Minnesota and part and even western Michigan is somehow in Central Time, and then like by the time you're in Chicago, it's way fucking east because again, what the hell are you doing, Ontario? Because it's not even like they bothered going all the way to the end of Ontario, because there are still sev- several more hours of Ontario past the time zone. 
Oh, I know. Ontario is what I'm saying. A lot of Ontario. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I, I've driven it. And I will tell you one thing right now. You can totally tell the difference between Ontario and uh, Manitoba. Uh, there's a very, like, like the minute you cross over into Manitoba, it is completely different and super flat with lots of trees. That's that's how it is. I've driven it. Now you're, you're starting to come off the shield and out into the the plains, just treed still. Yep. But this is not a um, uh, <laughs> top uh, a, a geography uh, <laughs> geographical survey of Canada. This is actually barely on topic. <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> Today it was um, dirty thoughts and threatening Jeff, and <laughs> some talky talk and some geography. So, wow. So, oh god, the games are gonna suck. They're gonna so suck this this next week. Oh, uh, like, like seriously though, Columbus, St. Louis, Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg. Oh, <laughs> like okay, at the end, Winnipeg will be. A breath of fresh air, obviously, yes. Uh, because <laughs> the game that was at the Garden was a good game, so... Uh. But, like, yeah, like, like, like Minnesota's playing well right now, so cool. But, like, sure, but it's still Minnesota. And, like, and, oh, fuck. I, I hate Minnesota. I, I'm not going to go into it. Everybody knows I hate the mild, you know. Just... Uh. Choose your own adventure on that, which is what I called the defense this week for the Bruins. Choose your own adventure, um, which was kind of fun. I wanted to look at it positively. It was really hard. Anyway, okay, that schedule's going to suck. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some real um, barn burners uh, lined up in there. I, I, I can't contain my excitement. All right. Well, you know what? We don't have to. But what we can do is we can... Tell people how they can listen to and find us. Ah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. You can feel it this time, or do you want me to take over again? I'm going to let you do it. Okay. Fuck it, I work well, too hard. You... <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you're listening to us on one of those places that lets you rate us, rate us highly. Recommend us to friends. More people should hear us. I, I think so. You can also uh, get in touch with us on um, uh, Facebook on the, at Barely on Topic Podcast and on Twitter at Barely on Topic uh, or our individual um, uh, Twitter accounts. I'm uh, at Dr. Hand Grenade. Oh, I'm at VA from RI. And I'm at Tim A. Richardson. And um, I think that... Uh, that about uh, ties it up for this week. Play us out, Tim. Word. <laughs>